killers are defined as someone who has killed three or more people in a median length of time. They rock communities, ruin lives, and bring terror to people near and far. But what about the person who was widely considered the most prolific serial killer in American history, believed to have killed almost 80 people? What kind of terror and effects does that have on the nation, on the world? This is the case of Gary Ridgway, or the Green River Killer. Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to Oddly Unexplained Christmas 2022. Yay! This is our first Christmas episode of the year. should be exciting. This is our first gift episode. So gift episodes are going to be episodes that either we talk about all the time or episodes we've just been really interested in in a really long time and therefore wanted to cover, but either didn't because it was going to take a really long time the episode was going to be like double the length they normally are yeah or because information was difficult to find sort of a mix yeah. of the two sometimes but today i figured i would give you an episode we've been talking about forever the green river killer we've been you've been talking about this to me since before the podcast started i think like it's true since the first time we met it's true yeah 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 so here it is today we hope you enjoy but first tea of the day very important creme brulee of course. Of course. You're going to notice that all the teas for quite some time are going to be creme brulee because that seems to be what we're into at the moment and we are pre-recording these. Today yes. is the 7th of December. You'll be getting this on the 20th. Yes. So it's a bit early, but it's fine. It's Christmas. We're still in the Christmas spirit. It's better than when we tried to record one in like mid-November. <laughs> it was really hard to be saying Merry Christmas. In the middle of November. Yeah. But you'll hear about that case tomorrow because we go on a whole rant about it in the episode that we yeah. recorded for tomorrow. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. 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 Amazing. But we should get into it. Yeah. This is going to be a long one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Gary Leon Ridgway was born February 18th, 1949 in Salt Lake City to parents Mary and Thomas Ridgway. Gary was the second of the family's three sons, and when he was roughly 11 years old, his family moved to SeaTac, Washington. His father worked as a truck driver and his mother as a sales clerk, but depends where you get your information from. Most of the sources I found said a truck driver for his father, so we're going with that. But you may find that it says other things, depending on where you're looking. So who knows? But Gary's childhood was anything but idyllic. His mother was domineering, abusive, and controlling towards the entire family, but especially Gary himself. Gary was a, a frequent bedwetter, which prompted a series of bizarre punishments at the hands of his mother, including freezing cold baths. Overall, she was physically, verbally, and sexually abusive his entire childhood, and this prompted Gary to begin having fantasies about killing her, as well as sexual fantasies about his mother which psychologist Sigmund Freud called the called this phenomenon the Oedipal Complex. That's not how you say that, is it? No, but basically, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You can research it, but I will say it has been disproved. 
So many times. So many times. Mm. But it's talked about a lot with this case, so I thought I'd put it in here. It's, yeah. Anyway, Gary has been reported to have, to have an IQ somewhere in the low 80s, as well as having dyslexia. This made school incredibly difficult, which led to him being held back a year in high school, which further escalated the abuse from his mother. Now, I mentioned earlier that he had violent fantasies about his mother, and while he never acted on those fantasies, he did act on others. Gary acted on all three behaviors within the homicidal triad, as he hurt animals and set fires in childhood along with the bedwetting. But these behaviors quickly did not fill the void of his desire to kill his mother, which led him to find new things. When he was 16, he stabbed a random six-year-old boy by leading him into the woods and stabbing him through the ribs and into the liver. The boy survived the attack, and Gary was never charged. So this is because that's the, as you said, the homicidal triad. Yeah. Triad. And, you know, stabbing someone, usually that yeah. indicates to some more, like, homicidal tendencies. Especially unprovoked. And a six-year-old boy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to get worse. Before it's going to get worse, though, we have to talk about where Gary went after high school. So after graduating high school in 1969, Gary married his 19-year-old girlfriend, Claudia Craig. So he would have been 19 as well. 19, I'd say so. Because he got held, because usually you'd be 18, but he got held back a year. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. young. Very young. Very, Very quick. Young. Mm. But he then proceeded to join the U.S. Navy and was dispatched to Vietnam where he worked on a supply ship, but was still a witness to combat. So I don't know how that works, but he could see it. He just wasn't a part of the combat. Mm. So mm. there's that. More significantly to Gary, though, was the proximity to a large number of sex workers. And it was that that eventually ended his first marriage. Gary's second wife was Marsha Brown, and it was with Marsha that Gary had his first and only child, Matthew Ridgway. And an odd event due to the birth of his son was that Gary became very religious, very, very religious, but for like a short amount of time. Now, to me, that could be like a month or like eight months. Yeah, I think that's like, that's not that big. It's a very broad term, but it kind of ended. But it got to a point where Masha could not handle his odd quirks and violent sexual nature. And that is why she filed for divorce, divorce, gosh, in 1981. Now, that is very important to remember. Mm -hmm. Because that is most likely a trigger that caused the rest of these things that will then happen. Yes. So, 1981. Keep that in your head. Now, there is, of course, one major reason why are we why we are sitting here today and talking about Gary Leon Ridgway. And that is due to the absolutely disgusting acts that he committed on approximately 80 women. But there is quite a possibility that there are even more victims, as Gary claimed in court, that he killed so many he lost count. What? Yeah. I don't... That's really sick. Completely. <sighs> Awful. But I'm going to begin at the beginning with Gary's first confirmed murder of 16-year-old Wendy Lee Caulfield. So Wendy was living in foster care at the time. Due to the fact that her parents got divorced, she was living with her grandmother and her grandmother couldn't supply sufficient income. So that led to her moving into the foster system. And she was working as a sex worker when she disappeared from her foster home in July, 1982. 
Her body was found in the Green River a week later by two boys riding their bikes. She was nude with her clothes tied around her neck, the cause of death being strangulation. So, yeah, a 16-year-old. Yeah. That's really young. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I think in a lot of serial killers target sex workers. I think it's because, like, as sad as it is, it is an easy target. Mm -hmm. And because often they're cannot, they might not have enough support system that people will notice quickly that they're missing. She did, because she was 16 and in foster care. Yeah. So they noticed quickly, but it that wasn't helping in this case. I think also it's just easier. Yeah. For them. I don't know. But Gary's next victim was 17-year-old Giselle Ann Lovon. Giselle went missing a short two days after Wendy was reported missing, and her body wasn't found until September of that year in the SeaTac area. So... SeaTac has the Green River running through it, but this wasn't directly near the river. It was just in the wooded area near SeaTac. So, like, similar but different. Overall, it took a total of five murders before the police created a joint task force after determining that there was a serial killer working in the King County region. And in the late 1980s, the Kings County Sheriff created the Green River Task Force after nicknaming him as such. I don't think we should be giving serial killers nicknames. No, and it was actually really bad in this case because due to that nickname, there were people weren't looking anywhere else. Mm. Like he had victims that he dumped other places. But because of that name, it glorified him and it made people looking in one very small section. Yeah, I just don't think we should give serial killers nicknames. No, it makes them sound like characters when they're in fact very real and awful people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the majority of Gary's victims were assumed to be sex workers working along the Pacific Highway. This may have been influenced by his father working along that very highway as a truck driver, which his father was known to complain about the sex workers working on the highway. Like in front of his whole family? I think Gary might have like tagged along with him, but I think he might have also just like complained with everybody about it. Great. Mm, I know. Great guy. But a significant amount of the murders took place between 1982, nope, yeah, 1982 and 1984, making those two years the time frame of his murder spree. So Gary would obtain his victims by hiring sex workers, often showing them photos of his son in an effort to make them trust him. He would then- That's so weird. so Like you hire a sex worker and you're like, oh, here's a photo of my my son. son. Like- it's really weird yeah and I don't know how well that would work no to it's yeah yeah and then he would take them to his home truck or or secluded area and kill them something that I found that is really awful that I is probably one of the most disgusting things about this case and that's saying something is that often he would pick up his son from school and then like leave his kid in the car go in the house and murder people oh gosh i know absolutely disgusting very much so but gonna keep going he then would put their bodies in wooded areas around the green river seattle 
Tacoma International Airport and the other dump sites in quotations within South King County. I don't like calling them dump sites. No, because they're bodies. They're, they're not bodies. trash. They're, not, like, they're yeah. not. It's gross. That's, yeah. Don't call them that. Don't call them that. Yeah. Uh, this the police work around this case seems mm. really like not great. Like the like calling it a dump site and calling him the Green River Killer. I think it's because it's the eighties and they were sex workers. Yeah, is yeah, probably part of it. Yeah, but we're gonna talk about Gary's life while this is all this is going on. So around nineteen eighty five, Ridgeway began dating Judith Mawson who would become his third wife in 1988. Now, Judith claimed in a 2010 television interview that when she moved into his house while they were dating, there was no carpet. And detectives later told her that he had probably wrapped a body in the carpet. Gosh, I feel like that she didn't need to be told that. No, but yeah. In that same interview, she described how he would leave for work early in the morning Sundays for the overtime pay, and she speculated that he must have committed some of the murders while supposedly working these early morning shifts. She claimed that she did not suspect his crimes before she was contacted by authorities and in 1987 and had not even heard the Green River Killer before that time. She did not watch the news. I hate that. She didn't yeah. know there was a serial killer because she didn't watch the news. Yeah. People should have been talking about this. Yeah. Should have been a topic of conversation. Yeah, because, you know, there's a serial killer right next to you. Probably. All the people who have died yeah. probably need to know about that. But anyway, Ridgeway, gosh, Gary, soon became a suspect in 1983. He was questioned in the disappearance of a sex worker who a witness claimed had gotten into his truck. Ridgway denied the allegations and passed a polygraph test in 1984. Detectives later discovered in, an, in a 1982 report about police finding Gary with a sex worker in a parked car. So sort of connecting there. Two years later, a body was found nearby in 1980. Yeah, yeah. So he was in a car with a sex worker that then reportedly was found dead. Yeah. So we're getting some suspicions there. In 1987, law enforcement officials gained a search warrant for Gary's home and work. However, none of the items, including carpet fibers and ropes, could be linked to the victims. Which, mm. yeah. yeah. But their DNA wasn't great at the time. Mm -mm. So they also obtained a DNA sample from Gary, but the technology then was unable to match it with other types of DNA. So like they couldn't, didn't work. Yeah. So they didn't have the technology at that time. So, however, following the advent of more sophisticated tests, a match was made in 2001 and Gary was ar arrested later that year. Mm -hmm. So, although he initially proclaimed, proclaimed his innocence, Gary soon confessed to the crime, stating that he wanted to kill as many sex workers as possible. He targeted sex workers because he thought they might not be reported missing and because he hated most of them. God. In 2003, he accepted a plea deal in which he was sentenced to 48 consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. In addition, he agreed to reveal the location of undiscovered bodies. So I'm guessing that was like a, so he didn't get the death sentence? Yeah, that was up there. Yeah. But something I found out was that there is a possibility he could be released. Well, he not got, like there's a possibility because the Washington um, State like jail services is looking at removing life without parole 
like not having that as a thing anymore. I get that for some cases. I I don't get that for this case. I I don't think you get parole. No. I don't think you get parole from 48 consecutive life sentences. No, or like from, you know, killing 80 people. Yeah, like it's people usually after like 25 years. Like 25 times 40, that's like still that's a life sentence in itself. Yeah. But, yeah, I yeah. don't think they should do that. No. I think life parole is important. I think it just depends on the case, I depends guess. Because if it's, like, a serial killer, yeah. If it's, like, I guess a robbery, maybe not. Yeah. But I don't know what you get life without parole for, though. No. I feel like armed robbery. Armed robbery, up. which, like... Mm. There's a difference between armed robbery and armed robbery and then killing people. That's, mm-hmm. that, those are two very different things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but many speculated that he was responsible for even more deaths. And in 2013, Gary said that he'd murdered upwards of 80 women, which is where that number came from. Because we actually have 40 confirmed. But he also killed in a secondary location. Yeah, which he hasn't. Yeah. I thought he got a plea bargain to reveal all the bodies. He revealed some of them. Not a very good plea bargain. He, yeah, he regrets to reveal the location of some of them. Mm. But yeah. Gosh. But we're gonna we're gonna have a little discussion. Yes. Yeah. I think it's yeah, it's I think it's kind of similar to Dennis Rader and the fact that he had a family, he had he had a life. He had a life that wasn't this. Yeah. But it was a different kind of life. Because yeah. in that one he like had a wife he was involved in the church he had three children he was very involved in that sense but i don't know i think the homicidal triad being there is interesting yeah but also the homicidal triad people like it's talked about as if it is like a certainty but it's not it's not it's it exists because at this time actually there were a lot of psychological interviews happening with serial yeah. killers like Ted Bundy, Dennis Rader, that, those kind of people. And when they talked to them and talked to them about their childhood, they found those three points reoccurring and then just put it as a blanket statement, which it's not. No. But it is evident in this case. It is. But it's also, but also like he was fantasizing about killing people and stabbing people. Yeah. So I think that probably overrides the yeah bedwetting i i also feel like those three things possibly come have more to do with the abuse yeah than the homicide yeah 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 but gary wasn't caught for 20 years due to the fact that he took precautions to fend off suspicions he hired sex workers that he would not proceed to kill regularly so there would be women who would recognize him he was intelligent he thought about it, which is not a good thing. No. But it it makes you wonder, though, was there someone looking over people? Probably not. Probably not. Would that have helped? Probably. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Gary Ridgway, or the Green River Killer, is a name known by many, but he is not the part that needs to be remembered. It's his victims, the lives that he stole and destroyed, all while instilling panic in an entire nation. Gary Ridgway is a disgusting and horrible man who killed those who were weaker than him and just trying to provide for themselves and others. 
So I encourage you to go to the link in the episode description and learn about the lives these young women had before that he stole them. It's a really cool website. It has information all about them before he killed them. Not all of them because we don't know all of their names, which is awful. Yes. Hopefully one day we will. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully that will be great closure. But hope you not enjoyed the yeah, yeah, I don't hope you hope enjoyed you this. learned something. Hope you learned it, something, yeah. Yeah. Don't enjoy this. It's not a good, not not good. No. We don't need that. No. But we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. With another sad, gross episode. Great. It's Christmas spirit. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Go Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'll get a tad more upbeat. For you, not for me. <laughs> Mine aren't getting more upbeat. No. Mine. Come back tomorrow. Yeah. You'll find out some new information. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like I've said that a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yes. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember to lock your doors. Do lock them. Yeah. And your windows. Yes. And your roof. Uh, nope nope don't get in creepy people's cars no it's a bad decision very bad okay okay bye my friends goodbye